I'm Jennifer Palmer, I'm the host of Online for Authors. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Online for Authors has come under the management of Visibility Pod. Visibility Pod manages the podcast as well as all of the guest and host booking and communication to get the episodes scheduled, up and running, and posted on to various platforms as well as creating all of our wonderful content. I'm currently a visibility strategist with Visibility Pod and offer coaching. Some coaching is offered via live visibility strategy sessions. Take those in and see if working with Visibility Pod, me as a strategist, is a fit for you. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. This is the Online for Authors podcast. Thanks for being here. Welcome to episode 16, Going for the Pulitzer with Clint Arthur. Clint Arthur, Pulitzer Prize-nominated storyteller, award-winning international speaker at Harvard, Oxford, Cambridge, NASDAQ, the London Stock Exchange, Royal Society of Medicine, 111-plus appearances, which includes the Today Show, Fox Business, BBC, Sky News. Clint is the author of Wisdom of the Men and many other books. Clint shares with us how he went from driving a taxi for six years to a multi-millionaire celebrity entrepreneur. Clint loves to tell stories. He's going to share a little bit about what he learned from international superstars and five U.S. presidents and how they helped him get to his life now, which he considers a luxury. Let's welcome Clint now. Thank you for being a guest on the Online for Authors podcast. Oh, you're welcome. I'm in Acapulco. Yeah, I've noticed some of your social media posts. Yeah, I spend most of my time here. Wonderful. So I understand you've got some wonderful, wonderful things going on for you, including a nomination for a Pulitzer Prize. I know. I'm so grateful. It's a a big dream of mine. I got a, you know, one of those online games that you play on Facebook that tells you about what's going to happen in your future. And it said that this year, your big dream is going to come true. And my wife's like, well, what's that going to be? And I'm like, well, what do you think it's going to be? (laughs) Oh, my God. I was very lucky in that when I was a little kid, I went to a special high school in New York City called Stuyvesant High School. And it was about math and science. One of the great things that happened for me there, and many great things happened for me, but one of the greatest things that happened for me there was that I got to study creative writing with a guy who lived in Brooklyn Heights, who used to show up every day in his rumpled pants and plaid shirt and a jacket with patches on the elbows and tell us stories about his impoverished childhood in Ireland. And those stories went on to become the same stories that he wrote about in his Pulitzer Prize winning memoir, Angela's Ashes. His name was Frank McCourt. And he used to say, you have to write what you know. And what do you really know except for your own life? And he's right. He really is right. He really is right. You you know, there's a certain level of authority that you only get when you write what you know, as opposed to stuff that you make up or invent or stuff that you theorize. But if you're writing stuff that you were there, you know exactly what happened. You know how you felt. You know what you thought. You know what you saw. You know what you tasted. You know, all of that stuff that gives the writing a special level of authority and power. I wrote all these stories about things that I actually knew from my entire life. And and all of these things were things that happened with the most special, unusual, I call them unicorn 
kind of people that our society has produced over the last 50 years. I like how you say what has happened for you in your life. You've mentioned the mentor that you had. We never do it alone. There's always somebody who has cut the cloth or walked the path before us. And what our experiences are and what happens to us definitely determines what our path ends up being. And the interactions that you've had, I am reading your book, and I am enjoying it so much. What you've shared in there definitely is your path. But you give so much credit to others for the interaction that you've had and what has come as a result, the benefits that have come as a result in your life of that interaction. And some of them are very happenstance. You never know where you're going to meet a great person. It's really amazing. It seems like anytime I'm not wearing a jacket and tie, I'm going to meet somebody famous <laughs> and want to and want to get a picture with them and I'll be disappointed because I'm not wearing a jacket and tie. When I went to my daughter's college graduation, this was in May of 2017. And the announcer, this was at USC, University of Southern California commencement address. And the announcer of this event says, ladies and gentlemen, the University of Southern California is honored to have with us in attendance at the commencement exercises the true president of the United States, Hillary Rodham Clinton. And everyone <laughs> And with Mrs. Clinton today is her husband, President Bill Clinton. And everyone applauds. And I turned to my wife and I said, I'm getting a selfie today with Bill and Hillary. And I did. Okay. And I, unfortunately for me, I wasn't wearing a jacket and tie because it was like 90 degrees in Los Angeles that day. I was just wearing a jacket and my polo shirt. I think I was wearing like a pink polo shirt. That's what I got. The key thing of this all is that I had ha taken so many pictures with celebrities. I had met so many celebrities and I had learned from my experiences that it was possible to make these kinds of things happen. I think a lot of people get an appreciation for that when they read the book. These giant people, these outsized personalities they're approachable totally and a lot of times they're only too happy to let you take a picture with them or talk to them or ask them a question or all of the above as i have done many many times throughout my life with incredible people yeah i think that there's an intimidation factor and i'm i'm happy that you brought it up because we can be intimidated by all sorts of things. And I think it limits us from doing so much. At the end of the day, we're all people. Absolutely. A lot of the intimidation is in our own minds. Most of it, I would say. Most of the fear, procrastination, and doubt comes from our own lack of belief in our ability to succeed. It comes from learned habits of procrastination and doubt. we got to work through those things I chased the Hollywood dream for 13 years because I had never failed before that in my life. I had been a huge success in my life all the way up to my early 20s. And I thought, well, there's nothing I can't do. It's only a matter of time before I'm getting an Academy Award. Like my mentor, my best friend in college, his father won the Best Picture Academy Award for his little movie called Platoon that he produced for Oliver Stone. And then he went on to produce 
The Fugitive with Harrison Ford and Falling Down with Michael Douglas. The Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. A little movie called Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger. $100 million budget for Warner Brothers. I thought if he could do it, I could do it. And then Frank McCourt won the Pulitzer Prize in 1997. That only reinforced my belief. If he could do it, I could do it. And unfortunately, I was wrong. And fortunately. I mean, look how it served you. I really feel like my story of how low I got. I, I was arrested a couple of times. I was addicted to marijuana alcohol. I, I drove a taxi for six years and survived on 500 bucks a week. I, I lived on a little boat in Marina del Rey. And then I was able to turn it around. And if I could do that, then anybody could do anything. People ask me, do you regret all of that? And I say no, because I ultimately, as a result of all of that, was led to the most important lesson in business. And I think also in life is that who you are and who you become in the eyes of people you care about is more important than what you do or what you sell. Now, this has direct implications in terms of business success. People think, oh, I'm a lawyer. People are paying me for my legal services. They're not. They're actually paying you for who you are in their eyes, which means how famous you are. Sadly, that's what it means. But also in terms of personal success in your life. Yeah, and they don't want your name or your accolades or your celebrity. That may be part of who you are. And I, I believe it's a huge part of who I am and who my clients are. When you're meeting all these giant celebrities or going on these TV appearances or speaking at these very important places that we've spoken at. We, I just got back from the UK where... My clients and I spoke at the London Stock Exchange, the Royal Society of Medicine, Oxford University, Cambridge University. All these experiences change who you are. When you read this book, not only do you see how my experiences changed me, but what you don't know is that even writing this book changed me. I host public seminars. That's how I met a lot of the people is that I worked with them when I hired them to come and be speakers at my events. The act of writing the book changed me. I had been so intimidated by this book for many, many years. Usually I'll have an idea for a book and then boom, I'll just knock it right out because I believe money loves speed. But with this book, I knew this had to be my big book. I knew that it had to be amazing. I was intimidated for five years. Then I went to Venice, Italy in celebration of a huge event I did with my wife and Martha Stewart, Ice-T, Jerry from Ben & Jerry's, Michael Gerber, who wrote a huge entrepreneurial book called The E-Myth, Dan Kennedy, one of my great mentors, and many other living legends of entrepreneurial marketing were speakers at my event at Carnegie Hall. Then we went to Europe to celebrate. And one of the places we went to was Venice, which I had never been to before. We were sailing up the Grand Canal in a water taxi. I don't know if you remember when George Clooney got married in Venice, Italy, there were pictures of him and his wife on this beautiful brown wood boat in Venice, Italy. Those are water taxis in Venice, Italy. And when we were sailing up the, the Grand Canal at like midnight, 
when we arrived. The lights were sparkling on the water. The architecture was of the Middle Ages and 1700s and 1800s, just so spectacular the way these buildings rise up out of the water. I couldn't even understand how do they do this and how could the architecture be so beautiful and so grand, enormous. And I thought to myself, if I could come back to Venice, Italy for enough time, I could write my book that's been so intimidating for me, Wisdom of the Men. I wanted to do it justice. Over the next two years, as I waited for the opportunity to go back because of the health restrictions. I couldn't get back to Venice, Italy. That's when I realized, hey, instead of writing about every man that I've met in my life, my father, my grandfather, although they made it into the book, the focus of the book became on only the international superstars that I've met. Mike Tyson, Mick Jagger, five presidents of the United States, Andy Warhol, Halston, only the superstars got chapters in this book. Then I went back to Venice for two weeks and holed myself up in a suite at the top hotel in Venice, the Hotel Daniele. What an, what an amazing... I just treated myself as well as I possibly could. Being good to yourself is part of this whole process of doing great art, I really believe. I finally have learned that who you are is more important than anything else. Your experience has been spectacular enough that you felt that you wanted to bring it to the world in a book and share those stories. One of the great turning points of my life, six years I was behind the wheel of yellow cab number 6087. And they talk about quiet desperation. Driving that taxi around Los Angeles, I was terrified that that was going to be something I would not be able to dig myself out of. I didn't know how to change my life other than the fact that I knew that it was me who had to change. And I started doing all kinds of personal self-help work. One of the most important seminars I did was a weekend called the Men's Weekend. It was 200 guys in a room at the VFW Post in Hollywood. And that thing changed me. I went in one guy and I came out a completely different man. Out of that experience, I started participating in men's self-help teams. We would meet once a week for three hours and try to help each other to become the man you've always wanted to be. That was the, the mission. That was the purpose. In those weekly meetings, the leader of the team would often say, is there any man who needs the help of the team, who needs advice from the team? For about a year and a half of being on a team, I became the leader. And I really amped up everything towards personal growth and development. And one of the things that came out of my leadership was that when we got to that section of the meeting every week, I started saying, is there any man who needs the wisdom of the men? And when we did those wisdom of the men sections of the meetings, time stopped. There was a palpable energy in the circle where you'd hear crackling in the air. And it was like the knowledge of generations of men was coming through us on a cellular level somehow to provide the answers that any man needed for his problems in the moment. And those were magical times. And what I wanted to create with Wisdom of the Men was an experience like that for the reader in a book. I did everything I possibly could do as a man who has been writing for more than 40 years, who has been meeting the most incredible people of our lifetimes. One of the reviewers said that I basically have included all the 
greatest historical figures of the 20th and 21st century during my lifetimes in this book. And I really have. There's always that, that self-doubt in every person, no matter what you do. When it was all done, when I was finished writing this book in Venice, Italy, after I had pulled out every stop to make it as great as it could possibly be and told my truth, not caring about, I, I didn't censor anything. I did not hold back anything yeah. that I could possibly share. When I was all done with it, I was standing in St. Mark's Square at 7.30 in the morning and I thought to myself, is this all there is? Is that it? Because after all, I'm just a mortal man. I really am. Then I thought, hey, I did everything I could do. If that's not it, I don't know what could possibly be it. I give it to you, the reader, to get what you can get. And I want you to know that that's as much as I could possibly do. I've given you all the smartest stuff that I've learned from all the most incredible people in the world during the lowest and highest portions of my entire life. In the moments when I've had the most extreme peak state experiences. And a lot of them have been really, really hard, negative experiences. I've tried to give you everything I could possibly share from my life for you to use. And hopefully, no matter where you are in your life, this is the way, see, when I was reading Frank McCourt's Pulitzer Prize winning memoir, Angela's Ashes, my high school creative writing teacher's memoir, for years, I would just open to a random page and read yeah. because the prose was so beautiful. What I hope is going to happen for the readers is that for years, you're going to come back to this book and, and get the hardcover. I have republished the hardcover for the Pulitzer Prize Committee, and it's like the special Pulitzer Prize Committee review edition on Amazon. If you can get one of those, it's going to be a collector's item. But I hope you'll flip to any random page in the book and read that story, and in there will be the answers for you. Because the answers are always there. Mm -hmm. There's always something that you can find that will give you the answer that you need in this life. Whether it's in my book or in your everyday life, I really believe the answers are there. If you look for the answers in my book, you're going to have guidance from the most incredible people who have walked this earth from 1980 until today. Thank you for sharing that. You have a series of videos online. You've given links to wonderful wonderful stories that are inspirational and tools that we can use. I'm a very accessible person. Over the years, I've wanted to create more control over my own destiny. My wife and I bought a huge villa in Mexico. And my goal is to be moving away from marketing seminars and focusing more on storytelling and book writing events for people. We've hosted about 14 events here in the last year and a half. I've had one book writing event where people came down and wrote their books in a week. I've had a number of storytelling events where I focus on teaching people how to tell better stories, how to tell the stories of your life, because I agree with Frank McCord. You have the most authority when you're telling your stories that happen in your life. I love those storytelling conferences that I host and the seminars that I lead because it helps to make me a better storyteller. It helps me to understand and identify what makes stories so great. And I've really developed some great distinctions as an outgrowth of leading 
these storytelling workshops. Clint's favorite quote is, Accept the challenges so that you may feel the exhilaration of victory by General Patton. The way that I write my books these days, yeah. it's very fascinating the way this happened. I became a speaker in order to sell more books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's I became, play around for a lot of speakers. They create a book so that they have something to sell from the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And the fascinating thing is that now I speak my books. That's how I was able to write Wisdom of the Men in less than two weeks because I had been telling these stories as a speaker for many years, doing the editing as I spoke the stories, just like Frank McCourt did when we were in Stuyvesant High School. He would tell us the stories and that's how come his stories were so great when he wrote them. And that's exactly what happened with me with Wisdom of the Men. I now speak my stories and I think being a great speaker is invaluable to anyone who wants to be a writer. And I have a great program called Seven Figures Speaker Secrets. And then I have another one called Your Secret Stories Will Make You Rich. I believe the stories you need to tell and why I was able to tell so many of those quote unquote ugly, raw, real stories in the book that make it so interesting is because I tell the stories that I used to be afraid to tell. I didn't tell anybody that I was a taxi driver for 16 years. That was me, me embarrassed about being a taxi driver while all my fraternity brothers were becoming millionaires and billionaires, literally with a B, several of them, many of them. You could have a very powerful message here around getting out away from your ego. That's your secret stories will make you rich. And in that training program, you get to be a fly on the wall as I'm working with my clients, crafting their secret stories for them. And that's a really great product as well. I definitely want to reach more writers because my main focus is becoming a person who does writing workshops and seminars for writers. That's really all I want to do from moving forward, where people are coming to stay at the villa. Oh, yeah. When you come when you come to the workshop, you come and stay at the villa. It's gourmet chef, butler, gluten-free, sugar-free. It's like a health <laughs> retreat in, in a writer's workshop at the same time. You're going to be very surprised at the way this book like really builds momentum. Like I was blown away by the way it unveiled itself especially at the end it's like a movie practically there's a lot of high stakes that's one of the many reasons why my book wisdom of the men should be selected for this great honor of winning the pulitzer prize the way to find out about any of my events is at my fun website clint.com c-l-i-n-t-t-t.com why T-T-T, clint you have three t's at the end of your why name three t's? <laughs> well one of my expert clients is a name science expert. And she said, Clint, I wish you could add an extra T on the end of your name because the T's always end up on top. And ah. I looked and I could not find Clint with two T's.com, but I could get Clint with three T's.com. So that seemed better than two T's to me <laughs> because two is good, then three must be better. And that's why three T's.com and check it out. Very good. Thank you very much. It, it's been great to meet you. I, I wish you much success with your retreat. Thanks, Jennifer. Find more details on the story shared here in the Pulitzer Prize nominated book, Wisdom of the Men, available on audio, Kindle, and hardcover. The Pulitzer Committee votes in April and will be announcing 
soon. We wish Clint much success with his nomination. This was going to be an outtake, but I'm not taking it out. Here we go, Jennifer. We're going to do it right now. <laughs> see? Did you see that? I just took the selfie. Here we go. We'll do it right like this. Do it like this? Right, so we have to do that. Yeah, but then... <laughs> you got... here's your box of chocolates. Oh, wonderful. Here's... Okay, here we go. I, and I... Oh, no, it went off. Oh, no, no, no. I hit the wrong button. Well, I hit the bottom one. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to get it now. Look at the camera. Put the thumb. Oh, hey, I got an owie on that one. Ah. Okay, I'm going to do one more time. It's not working. This is going to be an outtake. You know that, right? I'm going to use this to promote the interview. (laughs) I have a thumb. You know what? Every thumb I have has a sword. I've got it this time. No, your thumb's in the picture. <laughs> Here we go. You ready? Sure. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> got it. Oh, my God. That was painful. <laughs> On a painful for Sorry. the beats because they're sore. <laughs> I, well, you, you have to know, this is the first time I've ever taken a selfie of myself on Zoom with the person where I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm an expert at selfies. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To get notifications of new releases, subscribe. You can also like, follow, download, and share. If you've enjoyed this, your friends will too.